Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Gay With God podcast, a safe place for us to share our stories and support one another. How long did we know? What challenges did we face? Did we lose our faith? When did we find our way back home? Or are we still searching? The stories you hear on this podcast will melt your heart and strengthen your belief that in God, all things are possible and you can be authentically gay with the God of your understanding. I'm your host, Midge Noble, and I am very honored that you are here. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Gay With God podcast. I'm so glad that you're here. I'm your host, Midge Noble, and today, since yesterday was Father's Day, I wanted to talk a little bit about Father's Day and how difficult it can be for some people. I know that some of us in our community have great relationships with our parents. They are our rocks. They were supportive. Even if they were confused in the beginning, they, they were, became supportive and loving and, and affirming, and that's all great. However, not everybody has had a good relationship with their parents, and especially perhaps with their father. And that was an experience that I had. I loved my daddy. I really did. And I wanted so much to be loved by him and approved by him, which led to a whole list of ways that I tried to get his attention and tried to make sure that I was loved by him. And I'm not saying I was not loved by him, but it was very difficult sometimes to know that and to feel that. And even as a child, when I didn't know that I was gay or that there was going to be another big issue between us, there was just this distance with my dad. And I'm sure the, my other siblings felt it too. And we've talked about it that, that you know, daddy was really hard to read sometimes and, and he was hard to really have a relationship with because he worked really, really hard. My father never ever I don't think ever hardly missed a day of work so much so that he was at work so much that he was able to retire an entire year early because he had all this sick leave uh, that he could take in lieu of you know vacation all these things so he was able to retire a year early from being a teacher he was a devoted teacher, and his students adored him. I even sat in on one of his classes one day. I came home early from college and went to his high school and got in and snuck into the back of his classroom. I was sitting in an empty desk, and he was teaching, and he was just phenomenal. And all of a sudden, he looks up, and he sees me, and he's just like, what are you doing here? <laughs> and I did the same thing to him one time. I came home earlier than expected uh, from graduate school and snuck into a ball game that he was coaching. And he, um, I sat down on the bench and he was going over some plays and stuff. And he just thought I was his assistant. And when he was done going over the plays, he just handed me the, the clipboard that he was working off of. And, and I said, I said, I'll be glad to hold it, daddy. <laughs> he like, was like, what? He was very tunnel focused uh, when he was getting ready to coach and he was tunnel focused when he was doing a lot of things. But, um, you know, he he had so many great qualities. He was handy. He was able to do certain things, not a lot of things. I mean, he wasn't like one of those dads that could take take a whole car apart and put it back together or to, you know, he did build a room downstairs for my sister and I as a bedroom. Um, 
and and it wasn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination and there were some problems with it but it was still livable and doable and and we used it for you know most of our childhood uh, when, once we moved to that other house but anyway um, one of the things I wanted to talk about is as we're developing our relationship with God and God is always seen as God the Father if you grew up fundamentalist and um, and, and even you know in many religions God is seen possibly as the Father and here's the thing when you don't have a great relationship with your birth father and if you even had an abusive relationship with your birth father, calling someone father or seeing God as the father, you're not really aligned with having a really deep and abiding relationship with God. I, I grew up not really trusting God because I didn't understand where God came from. I didn't understand how this all worked. I, I didn't understand the Old Testament and all the abusive things it looked like God was doing to God's people. And there are still a lot of things I need to unpack about the Old Testament. But the thing is, and I've said this before, that I, I don't choose to throw everything out that I disagree with. I'm wanting to learn more about why that was there, how I can use it today, and why was it there for the people of that time? You know, what was it about those particular books that people wanted to have recorded? It's like putting in something into a time machine and somebody else is taking it out and they may look at it and go, what the world is this iPad doing in here? Or or why is this you know, roller skate in here? I mean, they don't understand because they don't have the context of, you know, the 50s. And they don't have the concept of technology that we thought was just amazing. When perhaps people, you know, light years from now, if, we're all, if they're still here, if the planet's still here, um, people won't understand why we why we loved or thought something was important or why we thought we were on the cutting edge of some technology because we're not on the cutting edge of very many things right now. So I just want us to take a moment to admit, to come together as a community and support each other through the fact that we might not like parent days. And it, for that, it may be your mother or it may be your father, but you may not embrace the day to celebrate someone who is abusive, avoidant, negative, non-affirming. It's really, really hard. And then it's hard not to, you know, start posting things on Facebook. Everybody has this wonderful parent come those days. I mean, they always post all these glorious reviews. And I'm like, really? Everybody had a father's knows best? I don't believe that. <laughs> and I didn't. So I'm going to show, show you just one example out of my memoir of what I'm talking about. This is a section about my father. And in my memoir, I have you meet my family. I have a section on my mom and a section on my dad and and a section on my sister and my brother, just so you can understand in my coming out, this was what I was surrounded by. This, These are the people, these are the things that I went through that really did impact my self-worth and my strength, my individuation, my ability to trust my instincts, and just my religious upbringing really put the kibosh on whether or not I could be affirming to myself and whether or not I could come out apparently not in a timely fashion but in my time I came out in my time and I always just have to understand that 
So this section is called Meet My Daddy, and it's a portion of this section. Anytime my dad was challenged, including when we would disagree, he would go to a very dark place. When I was about 10 years old, for instance, I asked to do something, and like any other kid, kept badgering him when he refused me. Daddy turned to me and said, If you're not going to listen, you don't need a daddy. You would just be better off without me here. With that comment, he left the house and took off in the car. I was scared that he might not come back because in those days his erratic behavior had given us pause to think that he might even kill himself. It was an excruciating amount of time before he returned. When he did come back, he sat in his chair, turned on the TV, and said nothing. He never explained where he went, and there was never an apology. During that whole time of him leaving and coming back to only sit in silence, Mama didn't say anything except, you should have listened. I felt responsible. I played that over and over in my head. What if he had killed himself? I would be to blame. What I didn't understand at the time was that my dad had a drinking problem. He had started drinking in the Navy and then continued through college. His drinking getting heavier as the years passed. He had promised Mama that there would never be liquor in the house once they were married, and he kept that promise until we kids started growing up. Beer would appear in the house when we would go away to attend a week-long Advent Christian camp every summer. It was supposed to be a family camp, but our parents never attended. There were a lot of double standards in our family, and one of them was that my dad smoked, but one time when I tried smoking and he smelled it on my breath, I was in trouble. We didn't have alcohol in the house, but apparently we did, and this went on for years and years and years, and he would go and play cards with their friends on the weekends as we got older, and apparently he drank the entire time they were there playing cards, and he would have some alcohol with friends, you know, where he taught at school. And so it was like he always was drinking, but he did not have the ability to drink every single day, and he wasn't able to drink, you know, around us because he had set a standard for himself. The thing I loved about my dad was that he was very determined. And if he decided something, this was a two-edged sword, if he decided something, he never wavered. He would get it done, he would do it, he would push through, but yet he wasn't flexible in the point where he could see somebody else's viewpoint and then go along with it. So when he had made up his mind about something, he would not change it. Even if we tried to you know, convince him of something, it was very rarely that he'd ever change it. He might have, but I don't remember a time. But I'll put it out there that he might have, but I don't remember time. Well, I guess I can remember a time. So when I came out to them, it was just a debacle. Okay. It was just absolutely horrible. And then even though he believed I was going to hell and he was disgusted by me and did not want us to push this in his face. And, and we had to be, my beloved and I had to be very careful around him for many, many, many years. And, and he would not allow me to go to our family reunions because I wanted to come out to people and tell people who I really was and he would not allow that and said if I was going to be truthful then I best not come and so I didn't go 
for the next two or three reunions that our family had. But here's the thing. Even though he had put down that declaration that I would not be allowed to ever tell my truth, the year that he died, he decided he was going to have another family reunion. And he told me that I was going to come. And I reminded him that he had said I couldn't tell my truth and that that was still a non-negotiable thing for me. And that's when he said, well, you are going to come to this family reunion and you can bring your family. Now, that was a big moment. And it was such a big moment because I really didn't ever expect him to change his viewpoint on that and to, to accept my beloved as my family. At the end of every chapter, I end it with a moment of grace. And the moment of grace for my father reads, I know that Daddy was raised in a home with strict rules and judgment. Even with his lack of self-worth, he provided us with a safe home and exceeded the parenting role models that were given to him. Toward the end of his life, he welcomed me and my family, referring to those I had chosen to love as family, to a family reunion. Though the reunion never happened before his death, he was beginning to open. So Daddy died before that reunion could be planned or before it could happen. And it's kind of sad that it never did get to come to completion for him. But I will always be grateful that we ended on that note. It was not perfect. It was not perfect because everything else that had happened up until that point was still so painful for me and so unaffirming. However, when I look back, I want to sit in that moment of grace for him and remember that God is always working. God is always, always working. And it's like our apps on our phones that we may not have activated, but they're on in the background. That's the way I see God sometimes. It's just always kind of on. And if I need him, boom, I just need to like say, come here, I need you. And God is always ready to be activated and be an integral part of my life when I need him. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, whatever I need in that moment, do I need somebody to take charge? Do I need somebody to listen? Do I need somebody to move inside of me and move me forward in a direction I need to go? So that whole unit of the Trinity for me is just so loving and supportive. And it's taken me 64 years, people, to get to the place where I can say, God and not be repulsed by it. It's taken me 64 years to think, oh, I don't know how it all fit together, but I know that I feel inside me that it is my truth that I believe this way. This is my faith. This is the new doctrine that I'm choosing to unpack and rework and rethink. And I, I'm getting some pushback. So Gratefully, people must be reading some of my things because I'm getting things written to me that are pretty shaming and mean. But that goes to prove to me that I am touching the cords of people's faith that they have bound up in judgment and they've bound up in old doctrines that are not helpful right now. And so as I go through this new journey of writing this memoir, putting out my story, you know, becoming a gay with God 
coach, a Gay With God podcaster, a Gay With God author, all of these things coming together in this beautiful package of authenticity. I'm living my best life at this moment with all of the things in the world that are going wrong. If I focus on my journey, my authenticity, my understanding of God right now, it's a really good life. And the thing that I hope to continue to do is to move in the direction of deeper understanding, deeper relationship with God, because I still have a lot of questions. I am not done with questioning and wondering and and being curious. And that's one of the things that Father Joe always says, that being curious is something that we are allowed to be. And it's really actually something that we need to be, is curious and look deeper. The Church of England is going through a lot of stuff right now. And those fighters on the ground, those theologians, those priests, those people who are advocating for our equal rights in the church, in the Church of England, they're in the war zone. But God is always working. And little bit by little bit, you'll see a glimmer of hope or a ray of light, just a little bit to see that there's a shift. We don't know how long it's going to take, but there is a shift. And as long as we still continue to see those shifts in other countries and in our lives, even when we see negative, horrible things happening in Florida and Texas and other states, there is still movement. And there is a great movement of love. There's a great movement of compassion. And there's a great movement of people becoming more affirming and more loving in the churches so now we can't say church all bad no that's not true because my episcopal church is good there are some churches over in england that are very supportive and good and and very very affirming and i just love it that a very dear friend of mine has found one of those churches because they're not everywhere I had another friend of mine move to Canada, and she thought it would be way better over there, but even they are very behind the times when it comes to gay rights, and she was very shocked to hear that, and I heard her say just the other day that there are still a lot of problems, you know, so every country has a lot of problems, but sometimes we hide it really well, and sometimes we don't show all of our ugliness, but you and I, if you're listening to my voice right this minute, you and I are still the people on the ground that can make a difference in our community. So on this post-Father's Day, if your relationship with your father was never affirming, never good, possibly abusive, God is not that father. Hear me when I say, God is not that father. And even though we don't understand all of why some of the Old Testament was written the way it was or why there were things that were happening back then that sounded really ugly from the God of my understanding, I'm still not going to throw him out with the bathwater and think that all of it was bad because I know that I am gay with God because that is the path that I've been pulled onto and deep rooted in my soul I needed and I wanted for so very very long so I'm not going to quit exploring and diving deeper into scriptures that sound really really horrible because when I look at my father I know he wasn't all horrible I love a lot of things about my dad and I admire him in many things that he accomplished in his life and I was proud to go get a, a, a 
award for him that he won from his alumni uh, group from his college. And I was so grateful to give that speech because I thought he deserved that. It was an athletic thing, and he really deserved that. He was a super athlete. He was a wonderful teacher. He was a great coach. And he did a lot of good for our family because he was dedicated to provide for us. And his fears, his anxieties, his lack of self-worth got in the way of him being the emotionally supportive father that I would have loved to have. And some of the things that he did that you'll read in my memoir, Gay With God, Reclaiming My Faith, Honoring My Story, some of the things he did have lasted and hurt for all this time because I can't change them. And they hurt then and they still hurt now. And I think I miss it even more because once somebody dies, you can't fix it. It's a done story. So I do hold on to the things that I can give him grace for because he deserves that. So guys, if you ever need support or help, please reach out to people. We are a community. We do deserve to have people in our corner supporting us and uplifting us. And so I, I really ask that if you need support, find someone that you can go to either online or in person. Don't walk this journey alone. Don't feel suicidal and not reach out because we all need to be together so that we continue to move forward together. You deserve to be able to live and move and breathe into your authentic self. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Gay With God podcast. I wanted to update you on the memoir itself. It is now in the typesetting arena. So things are going to get put together into an actual I can hold it book. And then I will be getting that back to proofread at some point. I also wanted to remind you that we are continuing to do our faith journey group. Um, and that next faith journey group is going to be on July 10th at 630 the next Ask Me Anything, where you can hear more about the memoir and ask any questions that you want to ask of me, that next Ask Me Anything Zoom group will be on July 20th. So if you had it on your schedules, on your calendar for the 13th, I had to switch it because I am going to be at the Wild Goose Festival and I'm going to be presenting the podcast live on Friday, July 14th at 10 o'clock in the morning. So I am leading off the podcasters again this year as the first one up. So if you do get to go to the Wild Goose Festival, please come by our Goosecast tent and see a live taping of the Gay With God podcast and meet me. I would love to have a conversation with you. So there's lots going on and lots coming up, uh, and I'm very excited about the future. So stay tuned so you can hear how you can be a part of the Gay With God community. And as always, you are loved. I want to invite you to become a part of the Gay With God community. How can you do that? Stay connected by messaging me your thoughts and comments in the comment section under the downloads of the show on the Gay With God show page. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen and share, share, share so we can increase our community outreach and be a light to those who are struggling to claim their faith. Consider being a sponsor so I can highlight your service in our community. We are all worthy of respect and a relationship with the God of our understanding. I want to thank you in advance for supporting this podcast. Together, we as a community 
will keep this show visible and our community stronger. Deep gratitude to my friend Tim McClendon of Tim McClendon Music for allowing me to use an excerpt from Interlude 4, a song found on his CD entitled Sundance.